We are in a series called The Last Days in the World to Come, and I noticed today as we did the Mourner's Cottage how many were standing. Uh, This is probably a timely uh, series as we move towards what does the end of time look like, where are those who have gone to be with the Lord, what's the condition uh, that they're in, all of those things. I began this series uh, with the statement that um, many Christians have an incomplete understanding of this subject because they don't understand the significance of Israel, the covenants, and the kingdom of God, um, and that this is focused on the creation. There's a tendency to reject Israel, compartmentalize the land and the people, and to dichotomize the heavens and the earth rather than see them as a dynamic. So I talked about seven themes. I'm not going to repeat all of them, but we've been through two. We're going to do the third one today. The first one we addressed was looking at the broad background of the creation. And we looked at the earth that was, the former heavens and earth, that led up to the time of Noah. Uh, Then the days of Noah took place, and then after the flood there was the present heavens and earth. And that these are reserved for judgment by fire and renewal into what is the new heaven and earth. And that the days of Noah in that sense uh, will be repeated. Uh, Then we looked at man, mankind. We talked about our creation. uh, That idea that we are part of this creation and the uh, breath of God. That we are in a sense breathing dirt and that makes us frail. We're subject to death. We're subject to physical death and we're subject because of sin to spiritual death. But we are destined for resurrection. And we talked about that idea that uh, the resurrection uh, of both those who are resurrected unto life and those who are resurrected unto judgment in that sense uh, will both be resurrected. So we've covered those foundational issues. I want to now talk about one that ties through those structures. Uh, the covenants of God. And today as we look at the covenants of God, I'm, I'm aware that very few Christians are really aware of all the covenants of God. And most people think of two. The old covenant and the new covenant in that sense. Um, that's an oversimplification and it tends to reinforce the false concept of replacement theology. That the new covenant has replaced the old covenant and... That separates Christianity from Judaism, the New Testament from the Old Testament, grace from the law, the gospel from the Torah, all that kind of thing. Um, so I, want, I think it's important that we understand the covenants. Now because you are a re- relatively unique congregation, you're not completely unaware of these things, there are some that I'm going to uh, go through relatively quick and some that I'm going to reinforce more for the purposes of our, our own study, um, but clearly much could be said about each of the covenants. There are five major covenants in the scriptures. The first one is the covenant made with Noah, we're going to look at that. Then the covenant made with Abraham. Uh, then the covenant made with Moses or, or the children of Israel through the agency of Moses at Mount Sinai. Then there is the Davidic covenant, the covenant made with David, one that many people don't understand, and then the new covenant. So those five covenants I'm going to cover as quick as I can in the time that I have, okay? Uh, I'm going to focus on them in terms of their 
their impact on each other because the covenants don't replace each other. They unfold out of each other, uh, which is an important thing to understand. Don't think of them as dispensations. There was this covenant, then there was this covenant. There's this covenant and unfolding from it is the next, unfolding from it is the next, unfolding from it is the next. Um, that's, that's a better understanding uh, of these. A covenant is an agreement made by two or more persons. And it can be unilateral, that is, it can be a covenant which is just one-sided. That becomes a promise. Or it can be bilateral in the sense that I will do this for you and you will do this for me. Uh, both of those are covenants, or we, we think of the term contract sometimes in that same sense. So today we're going to begin uh, looking through these, and we're going to look at the covenant of Noah. I, I'd like you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 8. Don't have time to go through the entire story of Noah, but the good news is uh, you already know that story. And if you don't, you can watch the movie when it comes out in a few weeks. Um, uh, although you probably should be familiar with the scriptures so that you'll know what is Bible and what is Hollywood, okay? Um, in uh, chapter 9 of Genesis, after the, the flood is uh, uh, completed, I'm actually going to pick it up in chapter 8, verse 20, uh, because this is the, the coming out of the ark, and Noah then uh, comes out and the covenant of God is established. Uh, it says, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Notice that the knowledge of clean and common animals are known to Noah. Um, the Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man. For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. Now look at verse 22 very carefully. This is the covenant. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. This is the covenant with the earth that God is making uh, that this present earth will follow these uniform principles. Not like the former earth, where people lived longer and there was no rain. Now there will be seasons, there will be day and night, there will be all the things that you and I experience, and that will become a foundational base for what God will say in the other covenants and in the idea of the present time. Then in verse nine, uh, chapter 9 he says, And God blessed Noah, and his sons, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and every bird of the sky, everything that creeps on the ground, and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are given. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I will give that to you as I gave the green plant. Only you shall not eat the flesh with its life, that is, its blood. I will require your life's blood from every beast. I will require it from every man, from every man's brother. I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful, multiply, populate the earth abundantly, and multiply in it. Now I want you to catch 
that in a sense he's going back to the time of Adam and Eve, and he's saying in this present age, this present creation, I'm not just giving you the plants, but I'm giving you the animals to eat as well. But you will not eat the blood. And I will require uh, of an animal or a man, if they kill a man, which is what Cain did, and you will not follow that, I will judge that. Then he says in verse 8, The Lord spoke to Noah and his son, saying, Now behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, the beasts of the earth, all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. This covenant is with man and the earth and the animals. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by water of the flood. Neither shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all succeeding generations, I set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the, that the bow will be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the, when the um, bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Now you get that? This covenant, the Noahic covenant, is about the present time. That the present time will be a set order of day and night, seasons, winter and summer, harvest and seed. All of that will be normal. God makes a covenant with the earth and every living being on the earth that he will bring rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He will do all of that and that covenant is still in play today and you will see that covenant being used as a reference to why the other ones are still valid because it's an everlasting covenant. Now the reason I bring this up is because uh, we need to understand that the covenant with mankind is connected and tied to the other covenants. As in the days of Noah will be seen again in that framework and that covenant is important. Now, it's interesting, yesterday we were driving around in the rain as God brought a cloud over and as we reached a certain point, there in front of us in the car was a rainbow. It is my custom to always thank God for a rainbow. I mentioned that at the time, and Brenna was in the car with us, and she said, it's the first one I've ever seen. Uh, these are times that we need to reinforce that the covenant of God is in play. That's why the sun comes up. That's why it becomes night. That's why the harvest takes place. This is the covenant with God. He will not destroy this earth by a flood. Uh, so that's an important covenant. I'm not going to talk anymore about that covenant. You can spend more time on it. But it should be something that you're very familiar with uh, as we unfold the other covenants. Second covenant is the covenant of Abraham. That covenant is found in Genesis 17. And since you are reading the books on Abraham, I'm going to understand that you know some of the content. God has called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. 
Abraham, though, is a calling out of the nations. After Noah, there is the Tower of Babel, and God scatters the people, the children of Noah, throughout the entire earth into various tribes, kindreds, tongues, and nations. And those nations are who we are, mankind. And that covenant with mankind is in place, but now God's going to call one man and he's going to do something. He calls him and says, I'm going to make your name great. I am going to bless all the families, all these nations through you. You must understand that the covenants are made with Israel for the blessing of the nations. It blesses Israel, but it is also the blessing of the nations. That's what the calling of Abraham is. Now when we get to chapter 17 of Genesis, God gives the Abrahamic covenant. And here it is. I'm going to read it. It's 22 verses. I'm simply going to read it with very little comment. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Avram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. As for me, God saying, this is my part. My covenant is with you. You will be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be called Abram, but it will be called Avraham. And I, I will make you a father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting, notice, everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your wanderings, all the land of Canaan for uh, everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Further, God said to Abraham, now as for you, this is your part. Okay, That's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Uh, <clears throat> you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you will keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Remember the sign of the, the bow? Now there's a sign. Every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money, in other words, anyone who becomes part of your family will be circumcised, uh, even if they are not your direct descendant. A servant who is born in your home, who is bought with your money, shall be circumcised. Thus my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from the people. He has broken my covenant." This is not the Mosaic Covenant. Circumcision is the Abrahamic Covenant. The Abrahamic Covenant makes you a child of Abraham according to the flesh, even, even if you have been brought into the household of the Jewish people, you can be put into that covenant in that context. He says, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah, princess, shall be her name. 
And I will bless her. Indeed, I will give you a son by her. And I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings and people will come from her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael may live before you. And God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear a son. And you shall call him Yitzhak, laughter. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. He goes on to say, I will, I will bless Ishmael, but my covenant will be with Isaac. And then uh, they are circumcised at that point. So that the issue of circumcision is the issue of the Abrahamic covenant. That covenant is still uh, valid and that covenant is included in the Mosaic Covenant. But it's not the Mosaic Covenant. This is that unfolding of the covenants uh, that needs to be understood. So, the covenant with Abraham, if I had time, we would go to um, uh, Genesis 26 and Genesis 28, where God confirms those that covenant with Isaac and then with Jacob. So, God becomes the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob with this covenant. The Abrahamic covenant is the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all their descendants. Now, you recall when Moses was spoken to by God in the burning bush. Uh, This is before the Torah was given, before the law and the commandments were given. He hasn't gone to Egypt yet. He's on his way to Egypt. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 4 that God tried to kill Moses. And Zipporah, his wife, grabbed a knife and circumcised their son and threw the foreskin at him. Because he had not kept the Abrahamic covenant and his child would have been cut off. And God was bringing that judgment and that's when they obeyed. Very important. The Abrahamic covenant is the covenant of circumcision. Now, this covenant will establish a people of God who will be used by God to bless all the families of the earth. And they will be a light And they will be a testimony of God to the nations, those nations who descended from Noah. So the nations will be the recipient of the blessing. The blessing will come through Abraham and the circumcision, to use the New Testament uh, terminology of that. So, now we've covered the Noahic uh, covenant and the Abrahamic covenant. Now we have to look at the Mosaic covenant. Uh, God promised Abraham that he would deliver Uh, his descendants from a foreign land after 400 years. That's found in Genesis as well. That story is the story of the Exodus in in the book of Exodus where God delivered them through the Passover lamb and then he brought them out to Mount Sinai also called Mount, uh, uh, well, called Mount Sinai and there he would uh, meet with them and give them his covenant. So we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 19. Uh, To do this covenant, we'd have to read the whole rest of the Torah. We can't do that. So I'm just going to look at a couple of places. The first one is Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, again, I'll read it with limited comment. In the third month, after the sons of Israel had gone out uh, to the land of Egypt, to the very day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, 
when they set out from the uh, Rephidim, they came uh, to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, and there Israel camped in front of the mountain. Now, in verse uh, 4 he says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings, brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came down and called the elders of the people and said before them all the words which the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Sound familiar? You guys said something similar when we brought the Torah out, and that's why we do that. This is them accepting the covenant of God to be an obedient people to the Lord, and He will be their God. Uh, Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord, and the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud, that's what Abraham had seen, so that the people may hear and when I speak with you and may believe in you forever. And Moses told the words of the people uh, to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of the people. Set bounds. Uh, beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch it. You shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether beast or man shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain and consecrated the people. They washed their garments. He said, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. They were fasting and praying. Sexuality is also curtailed in that fasting. Came about on the third day in the morning, there were thunder and lightning flashes, a thick cloud upon the mountain, a very loud trumpet sound, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now, if you keep reading, he begins to give them the commandments, and they say, oh, uh, Moses, uh, you go up there and get them and come back and tell us, and we'll do it, right? So he's going to go up. The mountain, God's going to give him the commandments. And when he comes back down, there's problems with the golden calf. You know what that is. This generation is going to have serious problems doing what they committed to. Which brings us to Deuteronomy chapter 29. See how quick we got through the uh, Torah? Deuteronomy 29. After a whole generation has died and they are about to go into the land, Moses will bring them back together and recount the testimony of the covenant. Because each generation must make this commitment to God. And he says, verse 29, uh, we'll pick it up, well we'll just do it at the first 15 verses there. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the sons of Israel in the land of Moab besides the covenant that he made with them at Horeb. So it's a restating of that covenant. Okay? It's not a new covenant. It's a renewal covenant. And that's the idea that the covenants unfold into renewals. This next generation is called together. He says, You saw all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt and Pharaoh and all his servants and all the land, the great trials which your eyes have seen, the signs and wonders. Yet to this day, uh, the Lord has not given you a heart to know or eyes to see nor ears to hear. Sound like uh, 
Isaiah and like Jesus, he who has ears to hear. See how you have to read this stuff to get an understanding of the Gospels. I have fed you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out. Your sandal is not worn out on your foot. You did not. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or strong drink in order that you might know that I am the Lord. God, I gave you manna and I gave you water. I have taken care of you. This rebellious generation, God was with them the whole time. He sustained them the whole time. Because he's faithful to his covenant even when they're not faithful to their part. Uh, so he says, verse 9, So keep the words of the covenant to do them, that you may prosper in all you do. You stand today, all of you, before the Lord your God, your chiefs, your tribes, your elders, your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the stranger who is within your camps, and the one who chops the wood to the one who draws the water that you may enter into the covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God is making with you today, in order that he may establish you as his people and that he may be your God, just as he spoke uh, to you as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, the Abrahamic covenant unfolds into the Mosaic covenant. Now, not with you alone am I making this covenant or this oath, but with those who stand here uh, both with those who stand here with us today and those who are not with us today. In other words, the next generation must make this covenant. The next generation must make this covenant. If they stop circumcision, the Abrahamic covenant is not valid for them. If they, if they don't make this covenant, they don't remain the people of God. These are the covenants. But God will keep them even when they break those covenants. And that brings us to chapter 30. This is still the Mosaic Covenant. I want you to hear these words of the Mosaic Covenant. And you will see the embryo. You will see the foundation. You will see the the structure of what the New Covenant is. Chapter 30, verse 1. So when all the blessed, these things come upon you, the blessings and the cursing. And remember, God says, if you do these commandments, I'll bless you. If you don't do these commandments, I'll curse you. And then I'll kick you out of the land. And Moses said, and by the way, that's what's going to happen. Because you can't do it. You can't do it. You're weak through the flesh. God's going to have to figure out a way to fix that. It comes about when all the blessings and the curse which I have said before you, you call them to mind in the nations where the Lord your God has banished you. So he's already talking about the scattering. And you return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and soul according to all that I command you today, you and your sons. Then the Lord your God will restore you from captivity and have compassion on you and will gather you. Catch this word, gather will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If the outcasts are at the end of the earth, that is California, from there the Lord will, your God will gather you. See the gathering? And from there he will bring you back. The Lord your God will bring you into a land which your fathers possessed, and you will possess it, and he will prosper you and multiply you. Moreover, the Lord will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all, uh, with all that you may live. And the Lord your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you. And persecute you, and you shall again obey the Lord and observe his commandments, which I command you today. 
The Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand, in the offspring of your body, offspring of your cattle, offspring of your ground. The Lord will again rejoice over you for good, as he did for your fathers. If you obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. This commandment, which I command you, is not difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. Christian theology says it's out of reach. Wrong. It's not out of reach. We don't do it because of our sin. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us to get it and make it here that we may observe it. But the word is near you in your mouth, in your heart, that you may observe it. Now that's, that's quoted again in Romans. You guys know that passage. So, what Moses says here is, you're not going to keep it even though it's keepable. And God's going to scatter you. And then God's going to change you and bring you back in so that you will keep it, so that His blessing will fully fall on you and His curse will fall on those who do not follow. That's the Mosaic Covenant. That covenant is still valid. Jesus said, until heaven and earth pass away, ooh, isn't that the Noahic Covenant? Till heaven and earth pass away, Not one jot or tittle shall pass from the Torah. So sitting on the Mosaic Covenant is the Torah. And as long as there's day and night and rain and and all of that, the Torah will stay valid. It's not going away at the cross. Now we come to the covenant with David. One that many people don't uh, know. Um, And that covenant is found in 2 Samuel. Second Samuel chapter seven. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse um, eight. Sorry, I'm in first Samuel, that won't work. Second Samuel seven eight. Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies before you. I will make your name great like the names of other great men on the earth. I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them there that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed. You see how the promise made to Abraham, the promise made to Israel at Sinai is now included in the Davidic promise. Uh, They will not be disturbed, nor will the wicked afflict them anymore. Even from the day that I commanded judges over my people in Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord will declare to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, when you die, David... I will raise up your descendant after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. This is true of Solomon. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. And when he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him the way I had it depart from Saul. In other words... I will stay with you even in your sin. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever, and your throne will be established forever in accordance with all the words 
uh, of the vision. So Nathan spoke to David. Now, the Davidic promise is that David and his son, the son of David, will sit on the throne on that eternal kingdom throne. That throne is a restored throne. The book of Amos, chapter 9. I don't have time to go there. But it says, I will restore the tent of David. There will be a branch. When that, when that tree is cut off, there will be a branch from Jesse, a branch of David that will shoot up. And that promise is found in Luke chapter 1. Because in Luke chapter 1, the angel says, this one that is born of you will sit on his father David's throne. So when we uh, look at the incarnation, we are not looking at the new covenant, we're looking at the restoration of the tent of David and the Davidic covenant. Got that? So we now have the Davidic covenant. But I want to remind you of something. The Davidic covenant is not going to be an excuse to get rid of Israel. Well, now we've got the Messiah from the tribe of Judah and that, and we can get rid of Israel. So I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33, verses 14 uh, to 26. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And that day I will cause the righteous branch of David to spring forth. He shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she shall be called, The Lord is our Righteousness." For thus says the Lord, David will never lack for a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priest shall never lack a man before me to offer burnt offerings, burnt grain offerings, and to prepare sacrifices. Are you kidding me? The Abrahamic covenant, and the Mosaic covenant, and the Davidic covenant are all connected here. They're not replacing each other. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that day and night will not be at their appointed time, what covenant is that? The covenant of Noah, right? Then my covenant may also be broken with David. If you break one of these covenants, you can break them all. But they all bind together. And he says, verse 22, As the hosts of heaven cannot be counted, the sand of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of David my servant and the Levites who minister to me. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Have you not observed what these people are saying? That those two families, the house of Israel and the house of Judah, which the Lord chose, he rejected them. Thus they despise my people. No longer are they a nation in their sight. There are, this is the problem of the church. We think that Israel is no longer a nation in God's sight. Judah and Israel, he got rid of them and brought us in. Not true. Don't boast against the natural branches, Paul says. Thus says the Lord, if my covenant for day and night doesn't stand, and the fixed patterns of heaven and earth 
have not been established. Then I would reject the descendants of Jacob and David my servant, not uh, taking from his descendants rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, he's counting all the covenants. But I will restore their fortunes will have mercy on them. In other words, he says, all of the covenants stand. When there's day and when there's night, the Abrahamic covenant stands. When there's day and when there's night, the Mosaic covenant stands. When there's day and there's night, the Davidic covenant stands. Not taught, but right there in the text. Which brings us to the New Covenant. The New Covenant, you already know in Jeremiah 31, 31. Uh, we'll do it really quick because I want to go to Ezekiel and read a ton of verses and I have to just read them and keep my mouth shut other than that. Thirty-one, thirty-one. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not with the Gentiles. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them out of uh, the land of Egypt by the hand, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them. God saying, they were unfaithful to me, but I stayed a faithful husband. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. I will put my laws within them and on their heart I will write them. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach each other his neighbor and each one his brother saying, Know the Lord. They will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. Declares the Lord, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Now listen to this. Thus says the Lord, who gives the light for day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars by night, who stirs up the sea and the waves roar. He's back to the Noahic covenant. If this fixed order departs from me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel will also cease from being a nation before me. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens can be measured, the foundation searched out, then I'll cast the offspring of Israel for all they've done to me. It's not going to happen. The Noahic covenant is secure. The Abrahamic covenant is secure. The, the, Davidic co the Mosaic covenant is secure. The Davidic covenant is secure. And the new covenant is going to be bringing all of those together and bringing them into total fulfillment, not replacement. So, let me do something with you real quick. Turn to Ezekiel 16 and be ready to turn pages. This is going to be overkill, but i got to do it. Ezekiel 16, 60-63, and you're looking for the word gather. Okay. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. You will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your sisters, your older ones and your younger ones. Uh, I will give them to you as daughters, but not because of your covenant, because they broke it. I will establish my covenant with you. And you will know that I am the Lord. So that you will remember and be ashamed. And never open your mouth again. Because of your humiliation. When I have forgiven you. And all, for all that you have done. Says the Lord. Then turn to chapter 20. Verse 33. As I live declares the Lord God. Surely with a mighty hand. And with an outstretched arm. And with wrath poured out. I will be king over you. When we look at the end of time, we're going to see the wrath of God. I will bring you out of the peoples and gather you from the lands where you were scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. 
I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face, as I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness. So I will enter into judgment with you. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge from you the rebels who transgress against me. And I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn. But they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, house of Israel. Thus says the Lord goes. Oh, that we, we don't need to keep this because that's, he's just, it's a repeat of that. Well, let me do 41. As a soothing aroma, I will accept you when I bring you out of the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered, and I will prove myself holy among you in the sight of the nations. They're going to offer the sacrifices again. The Mosaic law has not been set aside, including the, uh, the sacrifices. Chapter 28. Chapter 28, beginning at verse 25. Just a couple verses there. Thus says the Lord God, When I gather the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they were scattered, then I will manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations, and they will live in their land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. See all the covenants? They will live in it securely. They will build houses, plant vineyards, and live securely. When I execute judgment upon all who scorn them round about, then they will know that I am the Lord, their God. Chapter 34, verse 11. 34, 11. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when they are scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out of the peoples and gather them. From the countries and bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. By the streams and the inhabited places of the land. You can just hear the 23rd Psalm. And Jesus saying I am the good shepherd. I will feed them in good pastures. And their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. And they will lie down on good grazing ground. And feed the rich pasture. I will feed my flock. And I will lead them to rest. Declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. And bring back the scattered. Bind up the broken. And strengthen the sick. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. As for you, my flock, behold, I will judge between one sheep and another and a ram and the male goats. We're going to see that in the Gospels. Is it too slight a thing for you that you should feed in the good pasture? Will you be tread down with the feet of the rest of them? Or that you should drink from the clear waters that you must foul the rest with your feet? As for my flock, you will eat what is tread down. You will... Uh, with your feet and drink what you foul with your feet. So he says, you're going you're gonna to suffer and then I'm going to regather you. And he goes on. Now look, verse 23. And I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them and he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David will be prince among them. I am the Lord who has spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely. That's the Noahic covenant. The animals will be afraid of you. And I will make them in the places around my hill a blessing. I will cause showers to come down in their season. There will be showers of blessing. And the tree of the field will yield its fruit and the earth will yield its increase. 
They will know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bar of their yoke and have delivered them. They will no longer be a prey to the nations and the beasts of the earth will not devour them, but they will live securely. Verse 30, they will know that I am the Lord and I am with them and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men and I am your God, declares the Lord. See them all together? That's 34, 36, 36, 22. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name. I get so tired of hearing people say, well, Israel sinned and God's rejected them. Yes, they have sinned. God has not rejected them. They have not fallen. They have not stumbled so as to fall. And if Israel falls because of their sin, the church hasn't got a chance. I will vindicate my holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in the midst. The nations will know that I am the Lord when I prove myself holy among you in my sight. And I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into the own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from the flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances." There's no new covenant that gets rid of the commandments of God. The new covenant brings them to fullness so that they are lived appropriately. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers and you will be my people and I will be your God. All the covenants are here. I will save you from all your uncleanness and I will uh, call for the grain and multiply it. I will not bring a famine on you. You will remember, verse 31, your evil... <laughs> evil days and your deeds that were not good and you will loathe yourself in your own sight for your iniquities and abominations. I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Lord. Let it be known to you, uh, O house of Israel. Why is God doing it? Because he made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the God who promises will never fail his promise. Though we fail him a million times, he will never fail. Verse 37 Chapter 37, I'm sorry. He talks about rejoining Judah and Israel. And then in verse 22, he says, uh, well, I take the verse 21. He says, thus says the Lord God, I will take the sons of Israel from among the nations where they have gone. I will gather them on every side and bring them to their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountain of Israel. One king will be king over them. They will no longer be two nations, no longer divided into two kingdoms. And they will no longer defile themselves with idols or detestable things. I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. And they will be my people and I will be my God. Verse 24, my servant David will be king over them and they will have one shepherd. And they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them. See, they're going to walk in the commandments. And they will live on the land which I gave to Jacob, my servant. There's the Abrahamic covenant. And they will live on it, and their sons, and forever. And David, there's the Davidic covenant, will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. And it will be an everlasting covenant. I will place them, and multiply them, and set my sanctuary in the midst of them. God will dwell again in the temple, in the, in the kingdom. 
Uh, my dwelling place will be with them, and I will be their God. They will be my people. And the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst. Begin to get a pattern here? So now let's go to 39, and then I'll be done. 39.25 Therefore thus says the Lord God, I will restore him the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and I will be jealous for my holy name. They will forget their disgrace and their treachery which they perpetrated against me when they live securely on their own land with no one to make them afraid. And I will bring them back from the peoples and gather them from the land of the enemies and I shall be sanctified through them in the sight of many nations. And they will know that I the Lord is their God because I made them go through exile among the nations and gathered them back to their own land. I will leave none of them there any longer. I will not hide my face from them any longer. I will have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, declares the Lord God. Now, you begin to get a pattern. God's plan in all of this was to make a promise to Israel so that through Israel he would bless us. And then what he did is he scattered them. We were already scattered. We've been scattered since Babel. They've been scattered since Babylon and since the destruction of the temple. At the end, he's going to gather them back. And when he gathers them back, we're going to be gathered with them. And if you read this, you would know it. But if you don't, you're going to misinterpret the last two verses. And these are just a tease. Just a tease. Second Thessalonians 2. Paul says, I urge you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto Him. The word gathering now means something different. Not about going to heaven. It's about being gathered back into the land. And we're going to be gathered with them. And the other verse I want you to look at it, Matthew 24, verse 29. Prophecy nuts have got this all messed up. 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation, remember the wrath of God? That will come, we'll talk about the wrath of God. The sun will not be, will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. We begin to get a wobble of the Noahic covenant. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then the tribes of the earth will mourn and say, See the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with great power and glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds. That's the four corners of the earth. And from one end of the heavens to the other. The Lord will descend with the shout of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them. He will gather us all together. And we are going to the land where he will establish the kingdom. We're not going to heaven to play harps. And walk on streets of gold. That comes later in terms of the streets of gold. So without a thorough understanding of the covenants of God. His eternal covenants. We cannot possibly understand the last days in the world to come. 
Israel, though scattered among the nations, is at the heart of these promises, and we must not boast against the natural branches. Next week, what I want to do is look at the kingdom to come and the relationship of the kingdom of heaven with God's kingdom on earth. Let's pray.